You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblings Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I go by Black Dante on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, good to hear luck with that, y'all. Um, my AKA for today, it is it is a real nigga's birthday. Um, please hit my cash app. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm joined by my friend and my co-host. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Candace. You know, you can find me on all social media as Not So Newlywed PC. Um, I don't have an AKA today, but I want to wish my partner in crime, Jeremy, a happy birthday. Uh, also want to let our Beyonce of the trio know that we miss him. Um, we hit one anniversary since his passing. Uh, we love you. We miss you. Things are not the same without you. You are a force to be reckoned with and, you know, we'll never forget you. Correct. Um, yeah, we only have four shows today. Two of the shows Hang were on. very messy. <sighs> we might have four shows from now on. I ain't going. Mm. Mm. But um, uh, do we have any network announcements? If you're not subscribed to the Patreon, you really should be. Jeremy and I put out an episode of Ratchet Reloaded yesterday where we cut the total fuck up. You hear me? We cut up okay we have added basketball wives la to the ratchet reloaded lineup along with growing up hip-hop atlanta and our trailer trash favorite life after lockup you will not be disappointed it is five dollars well spent yeah i'm telling you subscribe at the red noise level you will not be disappointed you will get bring it bike you will get the wrap up and some other stuff and if you hop up to the blue noise level you'll have access to the wind down and uh flawless noises media neighbor uh media network roundtable talks but at the five dollar level some of the first episodes are available so keep that in mind and yeah let's get into the shows friend uh little women atlanta let me pull my notes up because I'm so tired of Abira hmm. and these fucked up teeth. <sighs> this is episode three of but... season six, <laughs> the spiritual SmackDown. You need an orthodontic SmackDown. I can't <laughs> believe you feel so inclined to sit up here and nitpick on these goddamn twins. When your head just as long and bobbly, you just as little, and your teeth is fucked up, and you got so much to say about these twins. Right. Like this, the twins have literally been her storyline since her inception on this show. Absolutely. Like, goddamn, give it a rest. Get listen, listen, this check, this this check, this show pays some kind of check. Use that check to get your teeth fixed and mind your business. Absolutely. And before we go there, I just want to say this to the twins. Uh it was Andrea and Andrea and yes. I, I don't know the other one name. Amber. Um, 
uh, Amanda. Amanda, y'all absolutely should feel the way that you feel. And remember, in these episodes, many has not passed, so we are only commenting on what we see. We know many is no longer with us at this point, but at that point, y'all absolutely should have fired her as your manager. You should not have to manage your manager about managing you. Right, that defeats the purpose of them being your manager. You should not be out booking your own gigs. You should not be out finding your own vocal coaches. You should not be out... You sh- If you have a manager, their sole purpose is to handle your career. I like many, but it is so, so obvious that she has put all her time effort focus and attention into this new relationship with nick and if that's what she wants to do that is fine but she should not be getting any percentage or cut of anything that you ladies are booking on your own right because she is not fulfilling her role as your manager she's not fulfilling her role as a manager no she's in the studio we see her later in the studio with a beer she's not doing anything for y'all right I didn't. I don't like it. Um, I, I absolutely agree with y'all. She's not promoting y'all. She's not. I mean, because the whole purpose of a manager finds you opportunities. Right. The, the, She's the not purpose doing of that for y'all. They, they are supposed to manage and help your career, and she is not doing that at all. So, so good. Your losses. You know, in the previews for next week, you know, she tries to guilt trip y'all. Tell me, do you not want me to manage you? that's the problem you're not managing in us right exactly on to big head of beer you bring up these twins in every scene of every episode but every. expect us to believe you are over there i'm over it i'm over it how how you bring these women up every scene every episode and i have re- seen and on the reverse spectrum not to get y'all friend on the reverse spectrum we only see the twins bring you up when you bring them up and y'all in the same space. Correct. They don't even discuss you. Yeah, they got other shit going on between themselves, with between their careers, between their different relationships. The twins got other shit going on. You always bringing them twam twins up. <laughs> and they pay you in dust. Yeah. And while we here, Moni, get your ass out that woman house. Please. <laughs> right. Which we see you finally find your own apartment which you should have done in the first place if you was planning on coming back to Atlanta. This could have been an easy solution. Yeah. Um, Abira, for you to have so much to say about the twins and make them the focal point of your conversation, it looked like your one son still peeing on himself because mm-hmm. he pulled some pants out of his book bag. That <laughs> that was disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. And money sitting over disgusting. there cleaning up your damn house. That, mm. And you ain't nowhere to be found. And your kids running around everything money clean. Your kids destroying it in the process. And yes, I have a toddler. I know how that works. I get it. Right. But but the key word it, here is the key word here, you have a toddler. The, you a beer These are older a, kids. Yeah. She doesn't and, have any toddlers. Her oldest daughter, well, her older daughter, her daughter that is a little person, she's of a certain age. She might be like in junior high or something. 
and the son that pulled the pants out the backpack, he got to be like six or seven. And then I think her two other kids are teenagers. So what's going on here? But money, I'm glad you said it yourself. I need to get out this woman's house. I'm used to living a certain way. I'm used to peace and quiet. And I can't tell nobody how their kids can live in their own space. So I need to get the hell on. And I'm I was I don't dislike money, but I was I'm glad she has some common sense. Cause that was my thing. Like that's her, that's them kids' house. Yeah. That's they safe space. That's they living quarters. You the you the outsider. Yeah. If you don't like the noise, if you don't like cleaning up after kids, you gotta get the hell out. Yeah. So But also, Abir, what the fuck is you doing? More effort and energy into your kids, less into them twins, and trying to have a burlesque party and all this kind of shit. I got four kids. I can't afford no party planner. You shouldn't really shouldn't be able to afford no party. Hello. Right, let's get in. Shit. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. And also, I forgot. Money do got a son. He's a little older. Um. Why is your conversation about Moreland coming back? You didn't cut this man jacket up. You didn't made this whole scene about him cheating. And every time you brought up getting a place, the first thing off your lips was, well, if things work out with me and Moreland, if things work out with me and Moreland, girl. Like the way she was saying to remember that, um, shit, what's the damn movie? What's the damn Tyler Perry movie? Fuck it, I forget. Uh, was it was it Medea go to jail? The one where uh, Tiana Taylor played played that baby mama. She was like Byron, Byron, like okay. every time. Morlin, yeah. Yeah. Morlin. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's uh, Medea's family. I think it was. Go- I think reunion. it was Medea go to jail. No, I think it's the family reunion and the one with Tiana Taylor. Is it a family? Reunion? It's one of them. Hell. Yeah, I girl but this where this why women in general can't be free because we think men are end all be all I, even I when they destroying gonna... us in the parts in the process yeah i knew she was gonna try to go back to that nigga or work it out oh yeah i could tell mm-hmm. i could tell which is why you should have stayed your ass where you was at instead of crashing on somebody's couch you didn't did all of that and you not leaving well, sis, I don't know. Minnie, your mama needs some boundaries. Yes. No, dead ass, your mama needs some boundaries. Because ain't no way in the hell in the holy fuck me, no grown titty woman getting no dick finna sit up here and have my mama questioning me and my man like we teenagers. I understand your mama's probably concerned because, you know, being a a little person, you know, people out in the world have tried to take advantage of you. But at some point, you just got to tell your mama, hey, if I make a mistake, if I fall, I'm going to just have to pick myself up and keep going. This woman sitting up here with your intentions with my daughter. That's a grown ass woman. Like we in a sitcom or something. What's your intentions? 
who been dating this grown ass man for a year. You a day late and a dollar short, even asking All right. questions I was just after about a to year. <laughs> intentions, nigga. Uh, we are past intentions at that at this point. At a year, they talking about moving in together. We are at we are in action, <laughs> like we are past intention. Hello. We are in motion. That's what we are. <laughs> hey, he rocking her goddamn boat. The hello, Girl, sit down somewhere. A beer in this goddamn burlesque party. Mm. It mm. looked corny, friend. It wasn't given what it was supposed to give. For a burlesque thing birthday party, it just looked dry. Yes. And I never in my life need to see Juicy put another carrot in her titties. Like, I could have lived my whole life without that. And please leave us alone. Whole life. Tanya is back. Okay, friend, can I ask a question? Yes. I was going to Google it, but then I was like, let me ask on the show. Is Tanya the little person? Remember we seen them OnlyFans clips floating down the timeline of some nigga fucking a little person? Am I mistaken or was that Tanya? Uh, it might have been. I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. I think it might have been her. Because I, I remember people on I remember people on Twitter asking, like being like, is that is that it might have been. I can't remember. It might have been. I I can't I can't and I don't I don't I don't fetishize little people. So I you think know, she that's might have, not... I think because I think uh I think some of them on the show have done sex work, so it might have been her. Yeah. Like it just it wasn't up my Okay, yeah, that's her. Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, hell I honestly hell, I forgot she was on the show because shit. She would. It's been what, like two, three seasons since she been on there, since she yeah. had that baby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's her. Okay. All right, I ain't tripping. All right. Well, welcome back, Tanya girl. I guess. <laughs> um, I think, <laughs> I think her intentions are good with the shaman. I think. It's very natural to not want to come back into a social circle so divided and full of drama. Yeah. The girls love getting getting a medium for these shows, don't don't they? Don't they on every single reality TV yeah, show? They, they? they love getting somebody that work with the spirit to, to clean out the bad energy. Meanwhile, no. Then, <laughs> shave on me. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, they be the bad energy. <laughs> <laughs> I had some shave on too. Mm, I, I know you did. Because I, I wasn't going to get that personal shine on this show. Mm, um, I know you did. I but, did too. Um, <laughs> Good luck, everybody. <laughs> but her intentions were good. And the good thing about having that, uh, not only did they have the shaman there, they had a licensed therapist there as well. Yes. So I can I can appreciate that. The thing is, though, Mm -hmm. when you do therapy, when you bring in spiritual healers, there has to be a certain level of accountability 
in the people that are receiving the healing and the counseling. Mm-hmm. Abira takes absolutely no accountability for her behavior and how she treats the twins and why the twins do not like her. She does not hold herself accountable in the least bit. And it is very fucking annoying to me. At her big ass age. And then want to call them insecure. Those girls not insecure about too much and nothing. One thing I can say, and, you know, minus Miss Juicy, but they, they some cute girls. The twins is cute. Tanya is cute. You know, uh, Minnie is cute w- with her little chubby self. Money, not she not ugly, so it's not about looks. And and honestly, these women have managed to take something that has been used as a negative against them all their lives and turn it into a bag. Yeah. And not just on this show, but even in the sex work industry, as we just discussed, Tanya has worked in the sex work industry. The twins have, you know, been dancer, uh, exotic dancers. And even a beer made money twerking and so on and so forth. These women have managed to turn. She she, um, made a killing like in the comedic field and stuff. So in the comedic field and she's still doing radio, right? Yeah. Yes, she is. These so. these women have have made a whole lot of something out of what people said they couldn't do. There's no reason for any of you ladies to be insecure. You ladies are you ladies are on a national television stage. Yeah. So don't call them twins insecure. You're a fucking mean girl and a bully. And as we heard your mama say. You act the way you act because she never helped you fight your battles. And that's the type of parenting I don't like. Bitch, don't think I skipped over you. Your kids should not have to fight their battles on their own. You, as a parent, are your children's first line of fucking defense. Yep. I told her to get back out there and fight her battles or she was going to have to come in here and fight me. Do that. Do that really sound logical to you motherfuckers? No. The world is beating up on your little person. And if they don't try to beat back, they got to come in and have an issue with you. No, you bring your ass inside. I'm going to handle whoever is fucking with you. Exactly. Like, why would you just say, like, fuck your child? Like, Abira is fucked up. Don't get me wrong, but you get why she is fucked up. It don't excuse her being fucked up, but you get why she fucked up because her mama didn't give her a chance. Because her, mom, her because her mama too was an asshole. Exactly. Like, just like on top of your child, you know, being a little person, like nigga, that's your child. Like you, you told you, t- the world was telling your child, fuck you. And you, instead of being like, listen, I'm 10 toes down for mine. Like I'll, I'll, I'll flip all this shit over. You was like, well, little bitch go out there and flip everything over. And if you don't, you gonna come in here and I'm gonna flip you over. What the fuck kind of abusive ass shit is that? Exactly. Now, your mama a piece of shit, Abira. However, you are grown. You are perfectly capable. You need to take your ass to some damn therapy and unpack that and heal and be a better person 
because the way your mama abandoned you and turned you into an asshole, you are taking that on on people that have nothing to do with that and don't deserve that all because you have unresolved issues with your mama. Yep. Your mama raised a bully. Exactly. And now you spent your whole life being bullied and instead of her championing for you, defending defending you fighting for you so that you can be comfortable and don't have to deal with bullying you now feel like you found somebody that you can bully Mm -hmm. it's it's typical textbook behavior when you deal with people who have been bullied that become bullies you're not exhibiting nothing new you're not extraordinary you're not special you a hurt bitch that want to hurt bitches (laughs) Very, very poignant way to put it, friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to go on the shirt. Hurt bitches hurt bitches. Yes. And Abir, you need to take your ass to some therapy so you can no longer be a hurt bitch. Exactly. Uh, that's all I had, friend. Did you have anything else? Nah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think we got something good out of that. Bell Collective. Episode five. Take no this yams. goddamn white woman off this show. Yeah, and I don't have a lot. I literally have six talking points for Bell Collective. And my first one is well, my second one. The first one is Marie trying to defend herself at this woman's brunch. Marie, <laughs> you absolutely were right about that white woman and that brunch not being a time and place. For everybody to assuage her white guilt. However, you made a scene at the expense of your friend's brunch where she was trying to share really big news. Twice now you've done that. Twice. That is that is the issue. The issue is 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 not what you think or how you feel. It's how you carry out those feelings. And you as a therapist know better than anybody how that works. Mm-hmm. there's a way to go about things and you went about it poorly mm-hmm. i'm glad Letitia got to share her idea her dreams her concept for a fair street renovation and revival however it is so shallow it is kitty pool deep yeah. The first building you want to revive, yeah. you want to make it a space for young entrepreneurs and this, that, and the third. And the it, thing is, yeah, it, people yeah. don't wake up entrepreneurs. Yeah. There are so many steps between having a successful business and actually getting it off the ground. There are so many more needs in our community besides just starting a, having a business and having a place to hold conferences and brunches and so on and so forth. We, 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 we on the same page, friend. Okay. Okay. We here because I I said to myself, at what point is she going to talk about providing community resources as a part of this innovation? At what point is she going to talk about, women's shelters or Maria is a therapist. Why aren't we talking about providing mental health services at discounted rates or damn near free on fair street for 
black black women and black kids and even black men should they wanted the lgbtqia community your whole dream for this is is entrepreneurship and the problems in our community run much deeper than starting a goddamn business where's the counseling where's the the tutoring for kids where's the reading centers where's the bookstores where's the the food banks where like where is all of that <laughs> you better preach you better preach where is all of that in your plan for fair street where's bringing back businesses built on classic trades where black people have typically done well you want to talk about entrepreneurship where are the beauty shops where are the barber shops where are the black owned restaurants you talking about a goddamn business space, a communal business space for already established entrepreneurs. What does that do for Jackson? Not a goddamn thing. Anybody can start one of those spaces. All you need is an empty building and some quick renovations with some goddamn Ikea furniture in there. You didn't say anything groundbreaking about your plan for Fair Street. You know, just when when you know when my friend is on a roll and we're on the same page, I really don't need to add nothing. You know, I just you you said everything that needs to be said, friend. I, I listen. We we know what it looks like when black people really pour back in to the communities where they that are underserved. We yeah. see that with your LeBron James with 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 the school, right? The school that's in Akron, not only is it a school, it is a facility that the students, their parents, if they don't have GEDs, they can, they set up ways for the parents to get GEDs. If the parents are unemployed, they help the parents find unemployment. They offer a food bank and food services so the kids can eat healthy at home and not just at school. They, where is that part of your plan for this revival? Yeah, all all Letitia's plan sounds like is more. You know what it was given? It was given bank black. That's what it was given. It was. It sounded like more bad bitch brunch scammery. Yeah, that's that's what it did. That's what it sounded like. It didn't sound like it didn't sound like anything that is going to need address, meet, or provide for the needs of that community. Absolutely. Nothing about and it. And, and there's it, no like reason you said, it run hollow, ahead, it run shallow. Yeah, it's hollow, and there's no reason to try to revive and renovate a historic district for the price that it's going to cost to renovate one building for something so shallow that more than likely will not be uh, sustained in the future. When instead you could just you could just pour into that community and again connect and provide and establish and support resources and organizations that are, are that are at least attempting to provide and address the needs of the community, which let's be honest, which which we have clearly seen <laughs> during this pandemic, often the powers that be and elected officials do not address the needs of the community. You have that power, you have this wealth in the in, in Jackson in the black community, you could be those resources could be put to use and serving the people instead of serving, oh, we need more black entrepreneurs so they can just see us. Okay, well, we see you. So what else are you doing? Hello. That was my biggest issue is like 
you you give us the the backstory on this historical area where black people nav black people came to this area when they couldn't go anywhere else when they couldn't go in in a white barbershop and get a haircut you know i don't know why you want to but you know what i'm saying but they was able they was able to open businesses here they was able to open social settings here they was able to bring in the black community and to be able to socialize with people that look like you and pump money back into your community i don't see you doing anything like that like i said i don't see one of those communal business spaces as all that lucrative for a community and the needs have changed in areas friend we we see areas like ferris street all the time if you from a big city where there's a black population you see those areas mm-hmm. you see them we, we see them all the time that community is underserved and if you're going to step foot in that area you're going to bring that area back be of use to that area serve that area because you can't even start a business. You can't think about starting a business when you're talking about kids and black kids in areas where they underserved in terms of education, education underserved in terms of mental health resources. Mental resources. Health, so, I mean, like, I really want to see it for you, but all of this just seems like a money grab to me. Yeah. It doesn't you know, seem you know like a given? real attempt. You know what it's given? You yes, know what it's giving? What is giving? It's giving black capitalism. Yep. That's what it's giving. Yeah. And I'm not with that. Absolutely not. Uh, moving on. Speaking of shit I'm not with. Antoinette, you at the bottom of my totem pole because I really do not like when black women play the flunkies to white women. <laughs> it's, it's just something i can't get with it's just not something i'm going to deal with you should have called that white woman out on her bullshit at that brunch yeah she you she were all, there as a guest yeah yeah your job her job as a guest was to shut the fuck up and open her purse hey open your purse i'm a i i know that you know I know that I'm not a black woman. I know that I don't understand a lot of the struggles that black women and black people in general deal with on a day-to-day basis, both historically and now. But I believe in your vision and I would like to ask you, is it possible if I can help invest in your vision? If she was not there to do that, she had no business being there. The only thing white people can do in helping advance a a group of people that they have purposely kept in the dark and set back is to open your wallet, open your pocketbook. You can't do nothing else. We don't need no apologies. We don't need no long speeches. We need your money because you've gone out of your way for centuries now to keep money out of our pockets. So you didn't hold her accountable at all, and I don't have nothing for you. Kind of a sucker, if you ask me. You being kind with Condor. Yeah. What say you, friend? <laughs> <laughs> how you can, nigga? How you, can, how 
you go drag her and then just say what say you? You ain't shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, since you asked, um, <laughs> this don't surprise me from, from her um, simply because of the fact of like she has this whole, you know, you know, quandary about up with white, white acceptance. Yeah, what quandary yeah. about dating a white man, biracial kids, white acceptance, like you said. So I don't, I did not. Uh, this behavior of her is not shocking. Uh, it's annoying as fuck, but it's not shocking. So I really don't. I didn't have high expectations or hope for her. Um, so her not holding that white woman accountable, her walking out with her, I'm just like, okay, so you you want you wanted them, you you want you wanted them, you want you know what she was like. She's one of them that got the white mama. Yep. So. Absolutely. Which, I mean, that's all I had. Um, <laughs> I want to get to Cliff messy ass. Baby, Latrice, <laughs> your husband gossip more than bitches. <laughs> your husband walked his, his, his big dump truck gut having ass into this meeting you having about your future hair care line to which before we get done cliff messy ass you really thought you would decide to do a hair care line and then you could just toss it in there by beauty supply store this not weave hair care products is regulated different mm. it's a lot of hoops you got to jump through to establish a hair care line Unless you end up like Gorilla Glue. <laughs> so that's that. But Cliff walk in, interrupt the meeting to tell you, well, I heard your brother got married. <laughs> that's you not weird that your husband is a gossiping bitch. You, you messy motherfucker. And how he said it. <laughs> it was real... I ain't want to gossip. I ain't, but you ain't heard this from me. Right. You ain't heard, heard this your, from me. <laughs> I heard your brother snuck and got married and ain't tell y'all. What? Like I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> like what in the fuck is? And she like, get all emotional, right? She get all. Em- Why would he do that? He knew I wanted to be there. And see, let me tell you something, mm. friend. When it come to men in the family. I never put too much past the women in the family to enable and be on bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she was acting. And then when they went to the tree plant ceremony, when they had lost two brothers, something in my spirit told me the brother wasn't fucking with them for a real reason. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just no reason. Because mm-hmm. men tend to be real protective of women in their family and their mamas and shit. So when men in the family tend to stay away from the women, it's some shit of it's some shit afoot. Yeah, I I definitely my nigga sense definitely went off like something about it this. It started is, tingling. Yeah, somebody this is a ride. So we get to the sit down and she talking, she all acting all emotional like he abandoned her and this that, and the third. But what we find out friend is uh, the brother's ex-girlfriend slash baby mama and his child live with his mom. 
Now, three things rang out to me about that. Well, two. If your baby mama can't keep a roof over her head, why don't you have custody of your child? Mm. And two, why would somebody with a new partner want to always come around and have to interact with a ex? Mm. Two things can be true at the same time. I do not understand your baby mama and your child having to live with your mama. But we didn't get all the details. So it's only so much I can infer from that. But I could tell you what, friend. If my ex was living with one of my family members, do you know how little I would see that family member? <laughs> and I don't even fault him because, yes, you can you can spend time with your child. Or you can interact with your child. But at every family function, every holiday, Every this, every day, yo, yo, goddamn ex is there. Yeah, like she is literally, literally living with your mother. It was is it's really it's weird as hell. Like, granted, like you said, we don't know everything just yet, but like, nigga, just on the surface, what in the like, nigga, what in the goddamn hustable house ass shit is this? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So it's weird as hell. It's weird as hell. And also, I just got to say that the brother also alludes to the fact that Latrice is not very respectful of his current partner. Mm. I picked that up as well. I'm not going to come around. I'm not going to invite you. And I'm damn sure not going to have my self and my partner around. And y'all are doing things to make her uncomfortable, to make her feel unwanted or whatever. I don't care if you don't like her. I don't care if you don't agree with us being together. And she is in my life and you need to respect that. Or don't be in my life. Because Latrice, you are literally married to a man old enough to be your father. You really should not have very much to say about anybody else's relationship and business. I'm, I'm glad that you we married have your fucking sugar point. daddy. I am glad that we have arrived at this very salient point because all I'm saying is you are a grown titty ass woman that be running around calling a man that is twice your senior zaddy who is old enough to be your actual daddy. So call, maybe sweep around the porch that you used to and not have that much to say for real, for real. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. So Get the fuck out of here. Is what I'm, I'm not even going to hold you. I really did not care about her tears. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you. I ain't give a fuck. And neither I, did her brother. At all, I Listen, I did. We, me, her brother was, was us. We. We did her not brother give a damn was about us. none of, You're right. We didn't give a damn about none of them tears. None of them. 
and that was that on that and moving on to La- uh Letitia girl your nigga is your Friend. nigga <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead Friend, what did we say when we first added the show to the lineup didn't we say that this was gonna be a show full of successful black women with men who don't do nothing but drag them down Mm-hmm. Didn't we say that? Yep. Yo, this nigga came in the house, friend. Saw wasn't no food cook. Heard his wife on the business call. Instead of saying, "Cool, let me let me fix us something to eat," she probably hungry too. Went upstairs in the room across from her office and started vacuuming like a passive aggressive bitch. A passive aggressive what? bitch. What in the fuck? What is it? Uh, <sighs> Friend, you talk about this all the time. One thing I could say, if you haven't, I want y'all to go and listen to episodes of Crown and Collars. If you have if you remember, if you listen to episodes of Ratchet Ramblings, Jeremy always makes it very clear that in marriages, even where both partners work women always tend to take on the bulk of the emotional and domestic labor of the marriage and this is proof positive of it she and her husband after she got off the phone she asked him what the problem was he is complaining because he is hungry your big grown stupid ass could have stopped and got you something to eat on the way home. You could have sent your wife a text and you, it gave me Martell vibes. You could have sent your wife a text and said, Hey, you cooked anything. She would say, no, he would, you know, then he should have said, Oh, well, I'm gonna stop and get us some. You got a taste for anything. Yeah. Yeah. She made it very clear that this project that she's taking on is a very, one of the biggest things she's taken on. And in the past, she has been the support system in the house. She has been the emotional support. She has been the domestic support because we're talking about a man that is gone near 20 plus days out the month on an oil or a drill rig. I was truly fucking astonished that this man has not taken a moment's notice to sit down and ask his wife, hey, what's going on with the Ferris Street project? Everything good? You know, how's it going? What can I do to help? Anything. He truly do not give a fuck about this being passionate to her. He is solely focused on getting some food in his stomach and getting his dick wet. That's it. Baby, leave that nigga alone and you want him to repropose and renew y'all vows? And he talking about I need paperwork on the business side of things. What business side ain't shit off the ground yet? What exactly are you investing to need paperwork on anything? Child, Letitia, you... Things like this are why more and more women, um, particularly straight women, um, particularly uh, black, uh, straight black women are saying fuck marriage. Because for straight women, 
it is honestly a scam and this is nothing new this is not me saying anything groundbreaking or you know anything i need praise for you know this is just for me you know learning and paying attention and shutting the fuck up my goddamn self but this is why black straight black women you know are saying like marriage is a scam this is a perfect example you are a grown-ass man. You are a grown-ass adult. You saw was no food in the fridge. Instead of cooking, which I am I at least hope that you are capable of doing as a grown-ass goddamn adult, instead of cooking for you and your and your partner, because she is there too, or, or, or your kids. You know, you could have cooked for your kids as well. Y'all you could have cooked for the whole goddamn family. Instead of doing that, or ordering, or doing just something, you threw a temper tantrum because your wife your wife did not have food in it because you feel like that is your wife's responsibility to cook, to keep food on the table. When again, you are a functionally capable goddamn adult. You are gone 28 days out the re out of the out the month or whatever, or you know, from a time, whatever, because you work on the oil rig. I ain't shading your job. Listen, the check is the check. Do, get your paper boo-boo. But I'm pretty goddamn sure that your wife makes more than you. Which, again, I'm not counting y'all pockets. I don't think that, you know, I don't get into those who makes more games or whatever. Because as far as I'm concerned, if y'all are both partners, if y'all are both in an equitable rela relationship, put a pin in that, then, you know, your finances are your finances, whatever. But what else are you doing okay you make money but what else are you doing it doesn't seem like you commit much as far as on the domestic side because again you threw a whole goddamn tantrum because there wasn't no goddamn food in the fridge don't seem like you contribute anything emotionally as you know my friend alluded to you haven't you haven't shown that you actually give a fuck about what what your wife is doing and how much it means to her and how you can help and help ease the burden it doesn't seem like you are stepping up as the as um as emotionally as you could and domestically like when you come home after 28 days my nigga you should be listening waiting on her hand and goddamn foot because who the fuck you think has been doing that since you've been gone but again this is why more and more women are not dealing with marriage for real for real and honestly just relationships in general because they are not equitable men have not been conditioned socialized or you know raised on the patriarchy to be equitable partners. Hey, we haven't, men haven't even been conditioned to be partners. We've been conditioned to be takers. And this is a clear example why. Mm -hmm. And it is why that we as men need to lead the charge and dismantle the patriarchy to be better people, better partners, better equi equitable relationship havers. Cause this shit is ghetto. Cause nigga, I was appalled at the fact that this nigga, this grown ass nigga was like, ain't no food. Let me go vacuum, even though it don't need to be goddamn vacuum. Why my, why my wife is in an important business meeting. You bitch ass nigga, go fix you some goddamn food. Or, fuck that. Don't even, not just you, your, your wife and your kids. You are capable. You got two, nigga, y'all got a functioning kitchen. Y'all got something in there. You got some ingredients. And if it not, go nigga, go to the store and get some. Exactly. So I ain't like that. I did not like that. I agree with you. I think the teacher's man is her biggest hater. Um, and I think that goes for a lot, all, all of the men on this show. Um, and I don't, we are what, three, four episodes in and I already, I don't like none of these niggas. Yep, same. That was it for that episode, man. 
All right, now let's get to the quick dragging out there. Let's get to the bullshit. Let's get to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion part one. Um, first off, on them looks, Meredith looks great to me. She actually looked like she lost some weight since the show filmed. Uh, I agree. She looks good. I agree Uh, with that. She do. She looks Mary girl as usual. What the fuck you wearing? What the fuck was that? What in the goddamn Corella goes to the yellow brick roll hell was that, Mary Crosby? Mary can't dress to save her goddamn life, and this is how we are. (laughs) I don't care what the price tag say. You can be tacky. You was up there looking like a goddamn Final Fantasy character. What the fuck was that? And your hair still looked a mess. And that bullshit excuse talking about you ain't you ain't had no black hairdresser. You been in Salt Lake City how long? Yes. You got all this money to buy all these tacky ass clothes, shoes, and purses. Baby, hire an in-house stylist. Do that. So listen, you see Megan McCain out here look got they got her hair looking like the brand and shit. You ain't got no goddamn excuse. <laughs> Listen, Megan goes to City Girl. That's what the fuck she got on the view. You ain't got no goddamn excuse, Mayor. At all. So let's get to the shit. Just tacky. The ladies was at each other's throats. My favorite, though. The reunion was better than the season, as my friend pointed out in the pregame. The reunion was better than the season. And as I pointed out, we got to see a lot of Mary's catty, shady personality, um, which we should have been able to see that this season. So whoever well, decided more to... Because it's not like we didn't see more it. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah, we know how she could be, but we definitely should have seen more of it because she was reading Lisa for filth while the call was coming from inside the house. Hello? But, but before we get to Lisa versus everybody... <laughs> right? <laughs> I want to talk hey, so real uh, friend. Remember when I saw the preview for it before you did, and I told you Lisa was going there, and you asked me who, and I just said yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. You <laughs> were, ab- that was an absolutely correct observation. But let's get into Meredith versus Jen. Now, mm. one thing, so as a whole. If somebody is your friend, their kids should be off limits, especially in the public eye. Let me say that. I don't and, I think Brooks is talentless than the motherfucker. Okay. No talent. So my Brooks. Just annoying. <laughs> However, yeah, it like you, Brooks style of mirror, to be honest. Hello. <laughs> however Jen, however Jen for you to have spent all season championing yourself as a loyal friend you had no business talking about Brooks in any light other than positive on social media period mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's just the end of the conversation on that yeah if I showed a picture on social media if London drew a goddamn picture and Jeremy thought it was ugly I guarantee you he would not tweet about Oh, so this supposed to be good? Oh, okay. No. Why why would I do that? Like, I have sense. And why would I... First of all, why would I talk about my friend's child? Like, my friend's children, hell, they my children. Shit, like, why would I talk about... Why would I talk about my own child like that? Especially on social media. Like, Jen, are you stupid? Well, yes, you are stupid. You are stupid. And so I absolutely agree with Meredith being appalled 
that you had any kind of negative anything to say about Brooks clothing line, you could have shared that among the girls. You right. when you Which still would have been social, fucked up, but at it least it would have been not fucked up, period. Because I'm gonna tell you the only person you should have had you should have talked shit to, about Brooks to was your goddamn husband. That's it. Yeah. It shouldn't have gone any further than that. Right. I mean, honestly, so, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. But if you was to do it, it shouldn't have gone no further than your husband. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Meredith being appalled that you would even go that route because there was nothing. You did not have positive or not even you didn't have constructive criticism for his clothing line right. because constructive criticism would have been I really enjoy seeing the track suits. I can't wait to see more pieces as he develops the collection. That would have been constructive criticism. Or what you said you. was, wow, I didn't know one track suit made a, a fashion line. Right. Come on, you and was being messy. You was being messy and shit. And not only that, don't girl, don't you have like 84 goddamn stylists and people that work for you? I don't know what the fuck they're doing. And honestly, don't you got a you. million businesses and none of us will know what they are? And not exactly. even your friends so, in the circle know what the fuck you do. Exactly. So all these people that you got on your team, if you really have something to say about Brooks Fashion Line, why not be like, hey, I have people that know people and do these types of things. Why don't would if if you want it, I can help you or get you to, to some people with the right help. You didn't do that. You chose to be a messy bitch and you got your card pulled. Yep. Also. While we on Meredith versus Jen, because we here, we might as well stay here. Yeah, I mean, we might, I mean, it's real, Gate. Man. We might as well. Vagina Gate. So, in the season, they so Brooks and the daughter said that they saw her vagina. We never had any other conversation about it. Come to find out, you took your ass to this woman's house in some see-through leggings and did not have underwear on and was kicking your legs up in the air in front of her fucking kids. Mm-hmm. You are fucking weird. She's a weirdo. And the part that really fucked with me about it was, again, you took to Twitter, attacking Brooks, Speaking on white privilege, also, Meredith, somebody saying your white child has white privilege is is not shade per se. It's true. However, the truth had no business in this conversation because Jen was disrespectful. Yeah. You don't come to somebody's house with no drawers on and kicking your legs in the air. If you choose not to wear underwear underneath your clothes and you choose to have on something that's somewhat sheer see-through, at least sit down like a lady and keep your goddamn legs closed. Especially a friend's house that you know that they have children. And that you know said children are going to be at said house. Hello? Your use of Brooks' white privilege was extremely misplaced. You were wrong. You were creepy, and you were low key nasty. I'm I'm sorry. First things first. As my friend said, I'm never going to go over the next person's house where I know their kids are present and not have no underwear on and shit and are be kicking my me? legs up and shit like that. Shit, it was it's creepy, Jen. You are creepy. You are a creepy motherfucker. And the fact that you defend your creep, because I guarantee you, you are not like for the ladies to do that in your house. I can guarantee you that. 
especially as much as you go on about your fucking family. I know you fucking lying to me, Jen Shaw. Jen Flaw. That's what your name should be, Jen Flaw, because you're flawed as hell. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, like what was killing me so much about this reunion is that Meredith, like she never really got upset. Like when she was when she was dragging and she was talking, like she always stayed in the same tone. <laughs> like she always had that. Meredith always has that tone. Like, bitch, I really don't have to be here. I could just leave, and that should be taking me down. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Also, well, I guess we could we can make this the gin spot for a minute. The viewers was so the viewers obviously felt like we felt. <laughs> that she takes no accountability. She doesn't apologize for her bullshit behavior. It they asked, did she ever apologize to Heather? for cursing her out at that roaring 20s party that Whitney had mm-hmm. and Heather was like no and this this again sets up my confusion for why Heather was so gung-ho this season about being friends with Jen because mm-hmm. Jen was pretty fucking mean to Heather all throughout the season yeah. if we're to be honest yeah she was and then the the apology that Jen gave gave it was so shitty I'm listen, sorry. when Andy listen, when Andy looked at her like, girl, are you serious? That shit took me down. <laughs> Cause I too was like, Jen, I know you fucking lie. <laughs> that ain't no goddamn apology. <laughs> that was that was like, oh shit. Okay, yeah, I guess I'm sorry. Girl, what the fuck was that? <laughs> then go yeah. say, I'm sorry if you didn't feel like it was it was sincere, but I'm telling you, girl, <laughs> you because exactly. first of all, if it was so silly, why did it take you this goddamn long to do it? And then you did it on the spot, and it was so half-assed, so much to the fact that, and it was like, now you're now you just going to sit here in front of my damn face. I'm literally okay. right next to you. You go sit in my face and say this shit, yet you know you know me. <laughs> it was, I was like, okay, this is weird. Again, Jen Flaw. That's what the motherfucker is, Jen Flaw, because girl, what the fuck was that? Like, do you know how much audacity you have to have to give a f- person a half-ass apology to not only they face but other people's face, and everybody is looking at you like the blinking white man? Like, Jen, you need your damn face slam, girl. Fuck you. <laughs> you just trash. Just trash. And speaking of, and still on Jen, we get to Mary versus Jen. And mm-hmm. <laughs> first of all, I I did not disagree with Mary on very much of what she said because when she said that her name is a trigger for Jen, and is then it? Jen gonna say, uh, "No, it's not a trigger for me." Yes, it is. Every time somebody says that woman name, you have a total fucking meltdown and cause chaos everywhere near you. You absolutely so are triggered by Mary Crosby. Season. And you are triggered by her because y'all are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm glad Mary called you out. I'm glad Mary talked about how volatile your temper is. 
I'm glad Mary called out the fact that the women don't hold you accountable and they just watch you have temper tantrums and act like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Now the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. I, I think I, so we said this before the difference between Mary and Jen is that Mary doesn't have an explosive temper like Jen. Yeah. So even yeah, when Mary is being on bullshit, she's tolerable. Jen is not tolerable at all. It's her if temper. you say Mary's name, that's it. Yeah, it's the temper that takes over the edge. Like for Mary, like not she. I mean, I said this on Twitter, and I don't, you know, I don't apologize for it. Mary is an evil, conniving, fraud, charlatan ass witch. However, however, that is a powerful course for women on this show. Um, yeah, that's not that's not giving Mary a pass. It's just saying it is what it is. However, we I don't think we have seen someone with a temper quite like Jen's. Uh, like probably the closest I can think of, if I'm thinking of all the shows, is probably Jackie Christie, and even Jackie don't calm down a bit. Mm-hmm. So that like that's the difference. Like both both Jen and Mary, they both they both frauds, they both evil, they both mean, they both surly, they both shady, they both messy, they both di- both of them are disloyal. Yeah, they disloyal to each other because remember they were friends before this damn show. Um. Uh, which is also why it was very performative for Mary to disassociate herself with Jen and also vice versa. Um, because both of y'all knew how much of a bigger piece of shit that y'all was because y'all were friends before this damn show. Now the show happened, oh, Jen is the worst and Mary is the worst, but y'all was both tolerating each other before the show. So what is true? But Jen's temper and her flying off the handle does make it hard to... To be around her, it does. Like, it absolutely does. Now, with that said, the fact that <laughs> Mary um, talks to these girls any old kind of goddamn way, as we saw with Lisa, the fact that <laughs> she does that and they don't hold her accountable either is why it's called coming from inside the house. Because Mary been a surly bitch to them as well this entire season too, when she been on him. Yeah. Yep. Which so which caused I mean, oh, hold on, let me say this. Which caused the question for me is I don't understand. Well, I don't understand because again, she evil, but I don't under, I understand Mary's point and I don't disagree that the women don't hold Jen accountable, but also girl, they don't hold you accountable either. Cause you just as mean and nasty and messy. You just ain't as volatile as her. So you get away with it. But you a mean correct. bitch too. And they don't say shit to you, except for Lisa at this reunion so far. Other than that, they don't say a goddamn thing to you. So I don't understand what your problem is. They let Jen get away with her shit. They let you get away with her shit. I mean, with your shit. What you mad about? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I... I just... I feel like truly Lisa... Jen and Mary have very little space to talk at each other in this regard. Because as we see, since we hear, Lisa, you a super bitch. Yeah, and it showed, it showed bad. This reunion, it showed bad, Lisa. It showed real you a, you a super bitch. You are condescending. You are rude. Yeah. You are mean. Yeah. You just, you do a fucking lot. And 
I appreciated the fact that Mary, um, Heather, and Whitney was like, you got a lot to say for somebody that looks down on everybody. Yeah. And then for her to have the audacity to blame Heather and Whitney for how people perceived her on the show. No, you were just a bitch. And, and Jeremy called that shit out early in the season with the tequila thing. Yeah, well, speaking of which, I'm so glad that Whitney brought the 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 text message and the receipts of like how she t- how she brought up um about those bartenders and shit. And Lisa, you need your whole damn face slapped, and you can even give a valid reason and excuse as to why you took it that way. Especially after she gave it to Andy and Andy read it, he was like, "This don't sound like she was Whitney was mean about it at all." And also, he brought up a good point, which is what I had when, you know, that whole thing happened. And to say, like, if they are working for you in the contract or all, you are still paying them and they not doing what the fuck they are representing you at that time. And they on some bullshit. Why would you not want to know that? Exactly. Like, it just didn't make no sense. And I remember us slightly disagreeing at the beginning, you know, because we weren't necessarily sure of how Whitney said it, which I, you know, was fair. But now that we know how she said it and how she brought it to you, Lisa, you just decided to be a bitch for no reason. And you felt like Whitney shouldn't have said nothing because you was doing her a favor, which is if you felt that way, you shouldn't have done the favor in the first place. Yeah, don't do no more favors. None. Because, like, I get it. Again, you're doing a favor, but you also got money on the line. But if the people that you hire to represent you with your money are not representing you in the best of ways, and I tell you that as a friend, that is not me being disrespectful. That is because I—that's not me even saying that what you did wasn't good. I am saying those people did not represent you well. Not that you didn't represent you well. They did not do what they were supposed to do. That's not me coming. Yeah, at like you. in the future, correct them or fire them. Yeah. Don't let anybody play with your brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was I was just like, yeah, okay. Now you want to blame everybody else. They bring up Jen and the coach. It's a lot we that they that, that she's not discussing about that marriage. Yeah. A whole lot. And you could tell when mm -mm. she started crying. Mm -mm. It's a whole lot she leaving out for the sake of not trying to look like she got this happy, healthy, loving marriage. Because, friend, let me tell you something. It's not a job alive that would not and could not other than perhaps a fucking doctor or surgeon that would not allow an employee to go to a funeral for a parent. There's literally not a job alive. Right. Like nigga, they literally have bereavement at jobs. Like that's what bereavement is for. Well, he's an assistant coach and he, he has to do the, your father died. Bullshit. Nothing he had to do was so important that another coach couldn't take over or the head coach couldn't step in. That's right. You're lying. That's that's why they have multiple coaches. You're lying. Tell us the truth. You're lying about the state of your marriage. Tell us the truth. That man done cheated on you. That's what that is. And we can just go ahead and call it. Your marriage is on the rocks. 
yes that man has cheated on you your marriage is on the rocks tell us the truth mm. stop lying to us stop Teddy playing truth. in our face Teddy tell truth. the truth also stop lying about plastic surgery you've had more than fillers we've seen the before <laughs> and afters yeah this not what this what you won't do yeah this you, what you, you can't do you don't play it in our face enough jim flaw yeah speaking of uh speaking of real quick whitney's on uh, titty lift looks real nice Oh yeah, them titties look good. Yeah, them titties look good. Them titties sitting in. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely, yes. But Jen, you playing on our damn face with with your many faces, and we don't appreciate that shit. That man done cheated on you, and you just don't want to say it. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I don't. You're right. I don't have anything else after that. Uh, <laughs> Um, you had anything else, Ryan? I hope I do, and I hope that they revisit this because in oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Jen, uh, Lisa, and Mary, um, I do agree with you. None of them really have any room to talk about any of them because they all the same type of motherfucker. Um, however, when Lisa and Mary got into it. Um, about being condescending and putting people down when Mary lied that she doesn't, like we haven't seen this motherfucker the few times she has been on the show, like we haven't seen this motherfucker do um, two people's faces and behind their back in the green screens in the confessionals. Lisa brought up Mary's church and how she talks to the people in the church. Now, if you will recall, friends, on this very podcast... We played the audio that is on available on social media of Mary talking to them goddamn people in her church like they third world country people. So I yep. hope, I hope, um, because when Lisa brought that up, Mary just sidestepped that shit and redirected it back to Lisa and she got on the defensive. But I hope they come back to that point. Um, because again, it's on social media. It's very available. If they can pull up people's tweets, if they can pull up Jen's tweets and social media shit, I'm, they for goddamn sure can find that clip of Mary Crosby. I want them to come back to that because I am tired of the act that Mary puts up that she is just this um, this 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 innocent flower that don't that ooh, I almost had shades on it. Uh, this innocent person that don't bother anybody. Um, and it's all Jen, uh, because Jen is Jen and she trash in her temple, but Caesar, but again, you trash too, Mary Crosby. I want you to quit playing in people's face. So I hope that they come back in part two, maybe even three hell, just as long as it gets brought up again, how you carry on in that damn church, because you are a scammer, you are a charlatan and you fucked your granddaddy. Yep. And I don't have nothing for you. In fairness, I don't have nothing for really nobody on the show no more. But damn sure not you, Mary Crosby. Well, but for the most part, I, I, for the most part, I think that was it. Those were the biggest things I think that was in the first part of the reunion. Uh, again, I don't think it needs to be three. I really don't. But that first part was better than the whole damn season, in my opinion. So y'all yeah. did that. Y'all did part one. Agreed. On to the main event. (laughs) (laughs) 
Love and Marriage, Huntsville. A not so wonderful surprise. Whoever came with that show title, y'all did that. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a real good one. Before we get into the good mess, I disagree with Kimmy and I side with Maurice on how to handle Jalen's career path at the moment. Uh, wanting him to just work any dead end job to have money in his pocket versus finding work in his career field that he went to school for. I think you are setting him up for failure in that aspect. Yeah, because then we say last week, we, you sent him up to be miserable, just working a nine to five yeah, while not pursuing I, his I, dreams. I think you are resulting to that old school way of parenting where if you're going to be in this house, you're going to work. Yeah. And I think, and I, and honestly, I agree with Maurice when he was talking to Jalen, like, yeah. my nigga, you can do both because we are not setting you out here like, you know, you, you know, you're not going to have a roof over your head. You're not going to, and he literally said that, like, nigga, you going to have, you got a roof over your head. You got everything you need. We not finna put you out on your own. We want you to work, but we also, well, he do. I don't, we don't know about Kimmy, <laughs> but well, he, work. he don't want, he don't want him to work a dead end job. Yeah. And I, I think this was a great talk. I think we haven't seen Maurice have much interaction with Jalen in these in these episodes and this was a good one to see that there is a mutual respect there he does have love for Jalen he does want the best for him and he gave him some real shit in his ear first things first you graduated from college debt free you are in a position that most black people wish they could be in you're not working to pay student loans Listen, listen, what you think we and Joe Biden's mentions for right now about these damn Hello? <laughs> okay. Hello. Not only that, he asked him, outside of working, what are you doing to get yourself in a position to be in the career field that you choose? Yeah. And Jalen was like, well, I wanted to work with Marceau, but what's up with your brother? He never got back to me. And he had to give him a reality check on that. Nothing is handed to you. You got to chase it. If you can't get an actual job with Marceau right now, why not shadow him? Why not find out what he's doing and the type of moves he makes to be in the position he's in? You are in a, you in a position where like, like you said, Jeremy Maurice told him, you got a roof over your head. Nobody is putting you out. You got food to eat any money that you have. You basically doing whatever you want to do with it. And he's still talking about, I'm going to try to move out soon. And Maurice was like, I just told you. Right. I li- in a position I just say it. To have no debt. What are you doing? Yeah, you're going to move out and then acquire about debt. When we are literally saying we are not kicking you out. And that's like, I like the Maurice's approach. Like he's, he is, he is literally saying, get your paper right now because you do need it. But also pursue your dreams because we got your back. You are able to do both. There are people that wish they could be in your position to do both because some of them try to do both, but because they have debt, because they have all these other, you know, responsibilities and Lord knows how trash capitalism and all this kind of stuff is, they don't have the support system you do. So when they try to do both, they unfortunately end up flat on their face. You can do both because we got your back, but you're not trying to do both and you should. And I like that. 
And I absolutely agree with Maurice. Uh, yeah. You certainly have the support agreed. system. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I certainly agreed. You have the support system. You have access to the resources to just be able to spend some time with Maurice um, Marceau on a project. Yeah. You you don't have to be working there, but you can be there getting game. You could be there shadowing him and even, even taking the initiative to say, hey, though you may not be hiring right now, I would love the opportunity to be able to shadow you from on these days or these hours and just try to get some experience and see what's what. Because you know what would likely happen in that situation? Marceau would probably end up offering him a job. Yeah, because, I mean, shit, y'all family, it ain't like Marceau gonna say, fuck you, nephew. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, like, I just, I, I agree. Um, I love Maurice's approach. Um, and I was glad to see this interaction between him and Jalen. Absolutely. You know, there was a mutual agree. respect. He was really proud of Jalen. But he wants to see him succeed and not just be working dead end jobs. Yeah, he he doesn't want him to waste his potential. Absolutely. Speaking of wasted potential, we head over to Houghton Hope where Melody <laughs> meets with Martell, and they they decide that they're going to try to discuss the dissolution of their businesses. And as usual, no Melody decides. Melody wants to discuss it. Discuss it. However, Martell. Well, Martell says he wants to discuss, and that's how the conversation starts. But as usual, mm-hmm. Martell makes it personal because Melody refuses to take him back and allow him to walk all over her like she is a, a doormat. Okay, it starts off with you know let's dissolve hope and hope. Melody is like okay. What's going on with the 47 acres? Are we selling that? What are we doing with that? Martel jumps into this whole dialogue about how he made Mel what she is. He built the Melody Hope brand. She was nothing but a school teacher this and nothing Meanwhile, but a Meanwhile, he was teacher a teacher that. his damn self. Which, can you imagine that stupid ass nigga being a teacher? <laughs> Oof. Oof. The part that upset me about this is... He was gaslighting her the whole way. He not only was he gaslighting her, he was lying. Yeah. You you in one breath you said that she was the CEO of Houghton Hope, which means she was employed, which means she was doing things on behalf of the company, and then the same breath turned around and made it seem like she was nothing more than a stay-at-home mom that you pump money and finances into to make her what she is. Both things can't be true. If her exactly. name is on every business that y'all have together, she put some work into that business. Correct. The whole otherwise... Hope brand. Mm, go ahead, friend. Because otherwise her name wouldn't be on it. Also, the Houghton Hope brand probably became what it was because it was a husband and a wife pair doing big business. A black Best... husband and wife developing properties buying land and so on and so forth do not sit here and play in our face like your wife didn't have anything to do with the success of y'all businesses because when it was all good and your y'all marriage was good you was calling her your partner your equal in the business i mean you wouldn't treat her you wouldn't treat her like that especially back at home but as far as the business go when everything was good she was your partner now all of a sudden mm. you made her so which is it? It's Uchiwale or Walmart, yes or no? Which also goes to show that, again, 
in marriages, the woman working or not is carries the burden of the emotional and domestic responsibility in that situation. Because we saw on the first half of this season, because it's still season two, we saw on the first half of this season and in season one, because I went back and watched season one, she was doing a lot of the labor with the kids, the picking up, the dropping off, the cooking dinner, the getting ready for bed, the getting them up, the getting them ready for school, the sending them down, the doing the homework and ripping and running in this, that, and the third. So for you to sit your stupid, dumb, bald-headed ass up here and browbeat this woman and act like you are the only one that was bringing home the bacon, you don't deserve any form of happiness. And I am so glad we are getting to see you unravel in the second half of the season because you spent the whole first season, you spent the whole first half of the second season playing it cool like none of this shit was a big deal. You are unhinged and we will see that more in the episode. And I am so glad that Melody does not feed into your gaslighting. She politely grabs and gathers her things gets up and walks out when you get on that bullshit because then the half-ass apologies friend come on well i know i was cheating and i was wrong for that you beyond wrong you didn't just cheat once you carried a whole relationship with this woman for years and this woman had one abortion you got your wife pregnant your wife left you and then you went with intention because fucking without a condom is intentional and got this woman pregnant again. And mm-hmm. she kept the baby. You didn't just cheat. You did some whole other shit. You started another you family, beyond, my nigga. You are beyond wrong. But I always brought home money. I always trusted you. If you ever needed me well, or you ever see, needed this. And see, right there is the contradiction. I mean, he was contradicting himself. Right there is the contradiction because if you always trusted her, then what is this whole mess about? Oh, well, you cheated on me and you did dirt too. Or, or now, now that y'all finna get a divorce or separated, you always trusted her. But now that y'all finna separate, oh well, I I don't know if I trust you not to, you know, you know, not take advantage of me and shit. When you was taking advantage, you are taking advantage of her right now and trying to. By mani- by emotionally manipulating her and gaslighting her, boy, go to hell. Even even worse than that is all of this, friend, was about him wanting her to stop speaking out about his infidelities on social media. That's what this boiled down to. Because when he got to the part in the speeches, all I'm asking you is not to do things that can hinder me from making money because I would never do that to you. You want this woman to suffer in silence. That's what this is about. You want her to deal with your constant violation of her trust silently. Well, you well know Mel you... keep bringing it to social media. So fucking what? Why not? Because you you are a lot of men. You know how you could have avoided that fuck nigga? By not cheating on your wife. By not starting another family on your wife. Also that. You you, you could have avoided this if you felt so, 
you know, oh, my wife is, you know, she, 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 she working and she becoming and having an identity outside of just being, you know, the person I have sex with and taking care of my kids because I don't do it. You, you know how you could have avoided that? Counseling. Actually stepping the fuck up and being present and accounted for in them kids' lives and your marriage lives and, and y'all household lives by picking up some domestic slack, picking up some emotional slack, going to therapy. What was all that goddamn therapy you was doing to unpack your trauma with your damn daddy? That shit went to fucking waste. All that shit you could have done to all this shit could have been avoided if you would have took the necessary steps to if y'all was having a salt a rocky pot spat that yeah, rocky spot in your marriage. Work on you. Be a better version of you. Be a better human for your wife and your kids to keep your house happy. And you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be losing businesses and people not might not want to work with you because you're out here being a fuck nigga. That's on you. You could have avoided that, Martel Hope, by not being a piece of shit. Bitch ass nigga. Yep. That's that on that shit. <laughs> we gonna Sorry, cut you out I, some I, more. I, we're gonna cut you out some more. Um got a little hot right now. Letitia pops by Destiny's uh beauty salon slash hair store or beauty supply store and ask her to be on the mommy business podcast. And the what the what was so funny about this scene to me is that Letitia still refuses to admit that she spends a lot of her time trying to be Melody Hope. Right. And she brings up the logo for the Mommy Business podcast, and we and finally get to see it side by side. side. <laughs> and it is the exact same fucking logo. <laughs> and Destiny was like, Well, yeah, it's the same logo. <laughs> like, <laughs> and speaking of Letitia, I really want her and Marceau to get divorced. Right. I don't like Marceau, but also don't like Letitia. Right. And I think maybe I could like them with different people. They don't work together. They don't, they're never on the same accord of, about well, you, anything. You, you know, you know why they don't work together? Because Marcel is steeped in patriarchy and Letitia, while very late, is starting to unbreak that patriarchy that she has subscribed to well well not not even just not even just that i do think she is still very steeped in patriarchy and it's biting her in the ass more than anything because what she subscribed to is what is being expected of her and now that she wants to venture out marceau doesn't have any leeway to give her however i think when it comes to certain things like even business they are they think totally different. She doesn't know the business very well. Like when Melody and Martell started their business, I guarantee you, Melody knows the ins and outs of how that company and that industry works. Yeah, absolutely. Her name is on it. She was CEO of it. She understood the operations of it. She was absolutely. bringing in clients and so on and so forth. Letitia has a lot to say about this business and she does not know how it works. Because Letitia set up and suggested that Marceau turned down a possible $30 million contract because she is still mad at Melody and Martell. Before he before him and his uncle even explained what the hell it was, because they the host ain't even they like that deal, they wouldn't even be doing business with the hosts. <laughs> for real, for real. 
Exactly. You ain't gonna be like, oh, you should have led with that one. No, girl, you should have shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and it's it's instances like that where I can truly see if you even take the misogyny and the bullshit out of it, just how totally different they think. And just how she's so anxious to have her hands and everything, but not anxious to actually sit down and learn and be knowledgeable. Because she wants to have her hands in every pot. But the thing about having your hand in every pot is you're going to burn yourself if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. That's true. That's true. And so it was really weird it, talking about all money ain't good money. $30 million good anywhere, baby. I don't care how you slice that pie. 30 million, 30 million. That's true. And 30 million, half of that 30 million get come to you if he should ever leave. Because I'm pretty sure y'all ain't got no prenup. Girl, oh, oh, they absolutely don't have no prenup. I'm, I'm, you I'm, too, I'm you're so busy being petty. And the wildest part is my issue, friend, with both Melody and Tisha at this point is they are still very upset with each other for some shit that Martell started. And I feel right? like at this point, right? it is time for them both to pull their heads out of their ass because in season one, when all, when the beef started, you know how the, the Holtz and the Scots started beefing? Marceau called Martell out for cheating on Melody. Called him to the carpet. And do you know what Martel's response was to Marceau? Man, you act like everybody. You act like all men don't cheat. You act like you never cheated. That was his response to being mm. held accountable for what he was doing. Mm. Marte Marceau told Martel, you need to get your shit together because this will also affect business. All of this was foreshadowed in season I, one. I, listen, I was about to say this foreshadowing like a motherfucker, ain't it? All of this was foreshadowed in season one. Had Martel not been so much of a narcissist and had his head so far up his ass, he would have done better because his friend tried to look out for him. Marceau caught Marceau held Martel accountable for cheating on Melody. Yeah. He did. He held him accountable. He said, not only is this a good look business-wise, why would you do that? What did yeah, you well, get bad from look. it? You mean bad look? Bad look. Yeah, like, why, yeah, why this is a bad look for the business. He was like, what did you get from this period in your personal life? Look what's going on. Look what's going to happen. Look what you're doing to your kids and shit. He mm. called him out. And that's how Martel and Marceau fell out. And then came all of the nitpicky back and forth social media shit that Martel started. And then Marceau kept it going. And then the women got dragged into it. Mm. But truly, there's no reason to for Melody and Letitia to be upset with each other. They took on their husband's beef. And it just kind of spiraled out of control. And didn't Letitia even say that in this episode that we took on the husband's beef? So if you recognize that, then girl, why the hell y'all mad still? Especially yeah. with Martel in the situation that he is in now, because ain't none of y'all taking his side. Exactly. And I, I think Melody is upset that when interviewed, Marceau kind of tells the truth. 
Here's the thing. I don't have a problem with Melody speaking out about Martell's infidelity on social media, but it's common knowledge that once you bring something to social media, it's fair game for everybody to discuss. Yeah. People will talk. And that was something that Marceau has been very consistent about. As long as Melody and Martell continue to air each other out on social media, people will continue to talk and their businesses will continue to suffer and it will continue to put a strain on their ability to try to dissolve the marriage, co-parent and not harm the kids the way that they're doing. He yeah. made very valid points. And he's right because he, he said that last episode when Tisha brought it up. Yeah, it, it's, it's and so I think, again, I, I like the way Melody is handling Martell, but I still feel like she has a lot of her ego involved in this. And instead of just opening up to the couples on the show and saying, hey, I was in a bad place and I, I was lashing out. I was still hurt by what Martell was doing. You know, we had this silly beef going on with the Scots and it just was also very overwhelming. And I would just like to, to bury this mess behind us. I want to apologize for my part in things. I want to move forward as best we can. I'm not asking to be best friends, but I don't, all the back and forth still is petty. And she was even pissed when Marceau said she was glowing. Bitch, you are glowing. You dropped all right? that dead weight. You look good than a motherfucker. What you upset about? Cause this man had complimented you. He's trying to be funny. No, he's not being funny, sweetheart. You look totally different from now than from the first part of the second Listen, season. them titties was tittying. She gained some weight. You can tell she was so small in the first part of that season. She was small. Her skin was dull. Her hair didn't look good. She looks healthy now. Yeah. She looked real good. I wish Mel would take her ego out of this and, and put this shit behind her. Because really have, she just adopted have, some... Y'all have a common enemy in Martell. <laughs> And you and just adopted some shit that really had nothing to do with you. Martel yeah. put a bug in your ear and, 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 and technically when your spouse tell you something, you should be able to take their word as bond. Yeah. But now you see what type of liar he is. It's no telling how much, how many bugs he put in your ear. That was absolutely fraudulent. Yeah. Cause now he putting bugs in people's ear about you. That ain't true. Hello. Which we 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 jumped ahead, but I mean it needed to be said. I mean, um, Kim, Kimmy and Maurice have been throwing Jalen very small little graduation parties. Um, I'm not upset at it. If you're going to do something like this, I do appreciate the way they did it, keeping COVID in mind. Yeah, I didn't um, have a problem with this. She said this was like the second or third one. The first one they had him. They've been inviting family, and this one was for you know basically the people on the show, right? Yeah. yeah. As usual, Tisha rubs me the wrong way because in a pan pizza, you invite your mama to something that she was not invited to. And you don't even have enough common courtesy or decency to call Kimmy and ask if that's okay. If the reason Kimmy are Kimmy is doing these celebrations is for the sake of social distancing and keeping the crowd small, keeping the group small, why would you not check in with her and see if there was a provision that could have been made for your mom to safely attend? 
Also, why would you just up and invite somebody to a, also that, also what you said about safety, but just on principle, how the fuck you going to invite somebody to an event that you ain't hosting? And I really, I'm so glad Kimmy didn't bite her tongue. I am so glad because Kimmy, Tisha going to say, why'd you say it like that? Say like, oh, you wasn't invited. And Kimmy was like, because she wasn't. But did you have to be rude about it? Kimmy was like, it wasn't rude to come to something you wasn't invited to? Hello, Listen, I screamed when she said that. (laughs) Because, yes, (laughs) it absolutely is rude to show the fuck up with someone you ain't invited, girl. But this is Tisha's problem. When it comes to her mama, she just let her do all types of wild shit. Meanwhile, she be causing mess and strife and y'all and they marriage hell with the holes hell with the sky like it it just wanda is a problem and teach just for whatever goddamn reason just can't never admit that her mama be wild yeah her mom and that she enables her wilding yeah absolutely um i was glad to see mel come and she looked good yes she looked very good. Shout out to uh, his name on Twitter used to be The Lion, but now he goes by Black Book Club. He listens to us quite a bit. He lives in Huntsville. And he told me he saw Melody Holt uh, at a shoe store pretty recently. And he he confirmed that she is indeed fine as hell. Yes. Um. So this ain't just makeup and cameras. He says she is beautiful. Um. So beautiful. shout out to him. Yeah, brutal. Little scrappy stuff. Brutal. Um, this is where shit gets good for me because and I got words. Well, before that, I love the sentiment of Kimmy celebrating Jalen and Maurice' accomplishments. Um, I'm pretty sure that was cut short by the pandemic. Uh, getting to walk across stage, I thought the sentiment was really nice and really sweet. So there's that. Martel shows up and let me tell you why it pisses me off that Martel shows up because friend if you remember in the first half of the season you couldn't pay Martel to come to any event where Marceau would be mm-hmm. the remember he refused to come to the voter registration drive mm-hmm. while Melody was there he refused to go to the celebration of uh Maurice taking the bar, passing the bar. I don't remember which one it was. Remember, he refused to go to that. Mm-hmm. Now that y'all getting divorced and you want to have an opportunity, one, to check up on Melody and see what she's doing, wearing, and who she's with, and also to try to keep continue to put a bug in everybody's ear like she the bad guy, you at mm-hmm. every event present and accounted for. Mm-hmm. You think you slick, fuck nigga. You a bitch. You a whole ass bitch, Martel Hope. You was a bitch ass nigga. Mm-hmm. You pussy. Um, I, and that's not I lost beat the on fuck me. Out of you for real, Martel. Yeah, that's not lost on me. But what makes it worse is that when Martel comes, Kimmy already knows. She's like, I know, you know, you're probably about to get up out of here. And she like, yeah, after you finish your speech or whatever. She's leaving. Wanda follows Mel. And Martel follows Mel and Wanda in Destiny. Mm-hmm. And Wanda stops Mel and tells her that she looks good. Um, you know, she's sorry about how things turned out. 
but just to know that she deserves a lot better than the treatment she received from Martell. Mm. I don't know if it was coming from a genuine place or a messy place, but it that's, was true. And see, that's that's the only thing with Wanda in this. Well, I mean, it's the thing with Wanda in general, but in this situation, that's the only thing with Wanda is that because it's her, you don't know if it's coming from a sincere place or she being messy. Now, like you said, it's still true regardless. It's just with Wanda, you never fucking know because she, like I, like I said, she just caused so much chaos on this damn show. Yeah. But continue, friend. Continue, continue. No, that was that that that's what I had to say about that. Like it's it's true nonetheless, but you don't know how to take it. Right, because it's Wanda. Mel now- didn't even have a chance to respond before Martel jump out like a wild banshee. Don't tell her she deserved better. You go find you better than and blah 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 blah. My kids, all in Wanda face. You was you was on Instagram live talking about my kids. You compared my kids to Marceau's kids and blah blah blah. So she compared your kids to her grandkids. Like they didn't have no receipts on Wanda talking about them kids on Instagram. Typically, they roll the bean footage if it's true. Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. You talk about my kids and rah, 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 rah. just just all now. Destiny is pulling him back. They hear the men in the back hear everybody getting loud. I typically like Maurice, but I didn't care for how him and Marceau just sat there while the shit was going on. That is if you heard Martel out there yelling and acting a plum ass fool. Why not get up and go see what the fuck is going on? Marceau didn't get up until Letitia got up. Now I'm glad we're here, friend, because I have I have words and I, I need to say them. As 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 a fellow man, all of the men disappointed me in that situation. Uh, first of all, none of you should have took your eyes off Martel on uh, getting up from that table because he specifically made it a point to get up once he saw one when he saw Mel leaving, two when he saw Wanda leave. Uh y'all should have kept an eye on him. If you were gonna sit down, you should have kept an eye on him. Number two, ain't no way in the hell y'all as loud as Martell and Wanda was going back and forth. Ain't no way in the hell none of y'all heard that shit until the last minute, until Tisha heard it. If Tisha could have heard it, y'all could have heard it too. And y'all could have heard it way before that. Again, you never should should have took your eyes off her. Number three, the fact that y'all had destiny, a woman in between a grown-ass man and Martell holding him back while he is up and another woman's face, technically too, because again, Destiny was in, in between them, holding him back, like all up in Wanda's face. Now, I don't like Wanda, but Wanda's still a woman and an elderly woman at that. As a grown-ass man, Martel had no motherfucking business being all up in her, in her face like that, and technically Destiny's too. And there is no excuse for none of you grown-ass men to not have been there to check him and be like, nigga, what the fuck are you doing? Right. There was no fucking excuse. Maurice, um, Marceau, uh, Jalen, more so on Marceau and, Mar- and Maurice, though. None, there was no excuse for none of y'all to not have pulled gr- nigga, fuck, grab that nigga, grab Martel and been like, nigga, what the fuck are you doing? This is a woman. Exactly. These are women. They, you have no excuse and no reason to be all up in their face like that. Exactly. That was some bitch ass shit. 
it was some bitch ass shit on Martell part and all of y'all were punks and pussy for not being up in that man's grill and chin checking the shit out of him or doing something. You had a, you had a woman, Destiny, a woman who shit just had a baby, if I ain't mistaken. Yep. The, being the one to try to control, control another man, yelling at a woman like that all up in her grill and face. And before we go, I want to talk about this. Martel Holt is unfucking hinged and off his rocker, and he's going through the motions because nobody in his narcissistic life is patting him on the back and agreeing with his bullshit. Nobody has sided with him. Everybody he tries to put in a mix has called him to the carpet down to his friend slash business partner who said, if you were so worried about your kids, why would you not worry when you was out here cheating? His answer was, was you will see you don't think about it when you're doing shit like that. And again, that is your problem. Big man. <laughs> I love you are unraveling. You are unraveled and unhinged and you don't have anybody to sweet talk. Mel don't want to hear it. Mel is moving on. She's not feeding into your bullshit. She's not letting you guilt trip her. You are on the losing end of this situation and it is killing you slowly from your feet up to your goddamn big ball, stupid head. You are dying inside that you cannot manipulate your way out of this situation. And that's what Mel said on the episode. He is so upset that he can't be manipulative in this situation. Mm-hmm. You are unhinged. Your screws have come loose. You bitch ass nigga. And it's good to see because you have you have played in this woman's face for years now she has taken her life back she has taken her power back she does not let you bait her and gaslight her and you are hurt because the last time you was able to guilt trip her into coming back and giving you another chance she is tired and she is done and she is a better woman than so many women because I would make sure you know that I am getting digged down fantastically now. I would go out of my way to make sure you had no doubts that somebody was shoveling dick in my guts every chance they got. Mm. But she is handling you with such class and grace, bitch. Fuck you, Martel. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, happy Black History Month. Uh, Happy birthday, Jeremy. You got anything to say before we get up out of here? Martell, hold out. Beat the fuck out of you. Well, all right. We, we'll see y'all back uh, next week. Peace, nigga. <laughs>